We hope you enjoy this message and that it encourages and inspires you. For more information, head to lifepointwithanee.org.au. Getting into the Word today, I'd have to say, this is a sermon that no one wants to hear. Okay, great start. You know, I'm going to tell you something you don't want to hear. So this is a sermon that nobody wants to hear, but I believe this is a sermon that everybody's got to hear. Let me pray. Lord, this morning, I ask you as we come into your word, that Holy Spirit, you'd meet us. Whether we're sitting here, whether in a lounge room, whether we're in a bedroom, whether we're in a car, whether we're out on the beach, God, wherever we're listening or whether we're going to listen to this, I invite your Holy Spirit to speak into our particular situation, a particular circumstance, and we, may we know the power of Almighty God. In Jesus' name, amen. I'm gonna take a few moments to look at Habakkuk. Habakkuk was a guy who, yep, God had called him for such a time as this, but man, there's some challenges and he didn't see a lot of God's blessing. But in the midst of it all, he realised, as we realised, that God can do anything. Do you believe that today? Do you believe that there's absolutely nothing that God can't do? He can change lives, He can do miracles, He can move mountains, He can create the whole of the universe out of nothing. We agree that there is an amazing God and we really firmly believe as Christians that He can do absolutely anything. But sometimes when we pray and we ask God to do something that we think is just a bit small and He doesn't do it, hey, there are challenges. Look at Paul's life and the great stuff that God did for Paul. Paul um, was in prison. God sends an angel, opens up the prison doors, gets him out. Paul prayed for people, they were healed. It got to a point where Paul, they would um, ask him to pray over the handkerchief. They take a handkerchief, they give it to someone and they were healed. Paul saw the amazing work of God. And I know as a younger Christian, when I got saved, it was amazing because I'd just pray something and God would do it. I know um, at different times in my car, I'd pray about certain things or, or driving. Maybe it's my driving they need to pray for. But I remember one night praying that God would send an angel, that I really needed to pray that God would send an angel to protect me. And then going around this curvy bend, uh, a truck was coming the other direction and he couldn't take the, the corner and he went right across onto my side of the road. He jammed on his brakes. He couldn't go off the road because there's a cliff there. And I thought I was going home. I said, God, I'm ready to meet you. And my car stopped. And when I opened my eyes, here was my car right in front of the truck. And somehow, some miraculous way, God, I believe, sent an angel and stopped us so that we wouldn't hit each other. Other people I prayed for in difficult situations and I saw God come through. It was an exciting journey as an early Christian in my honeymoon time to know that God, you can do anything. I believe it and I still believe it. But I need to say in my journey in life, that has not always been the case. God hasn't answered every prayer that I've prayed the way that I want Him to answer, but God has been there. Take Paul, for instance. We see him as a mighty man of God. But what about the times when Paul was flogged? 
Paul could have been praying that God, you can stop these people from flogging me, but he still got flogged. What about the time that he was shipwrecked? God, you can save this ship, you can stop it from going aground, but it still went aground. What about the time when he's on the island there and he's just trying to relate to the natives and a snake gets out, comes out and bites him on the hand? What about the time when he realised that God was a God that could keep him out of prison, but he ended up in prison in Rome for so long and to a point where he died in prison? The question is, if God can do anything, why doesn't He always do what I ask Him to do? And I want to ask you, what's your journey at present? As we launch into this year, can God remove COVID? Of course He can. Can God stop us from getting COVID? Of course He can. Is God going to move COVID, remove COVID? Is God going to stop us from getting COVID? There's a question mark over that. Habakkuk. When we look at him, his name means to embrace and to wrestle. To embrace what God has and to wrestle through. And at times in life, God calls us to embrace all that He has, to hang on to Him and to wrestle through. And I'm sure you all have your own story when you wanted God to turn up, but He hasn't. Now I asked Anna if she'd like to come down this morning because I want to ask her a couple of questions about her journey. You see, for, for those who don't know, Anna's my daughter. And um, she's been a daughter for quite a long time. <laughs> I was. How long's that? Um, a few years. I better not say that number, otherwise I'll be going down badly. <laughs> At least 20 years plus, 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 plus. Well, we're here. Happy 41 wedding anniversary for last week, <laughs> Mum and Dad. <laughs> Thank you, Anna. Thank you. That could give you a rough idea. That, that's it. So, so I'm 41. 42. You're for, what? <laughs> I've gone down. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> well done. As you see Anna here, and obviously many of you have seen Anna as she's led worship, and um, just her, her journey in life in leading worship, and you see her come in with, with two little beautiful children, grandchildren, um, and just how beautiful that is. And you think, hey, everything's together. But to get to that point, it hasn't always been together. And I think a lot of people, they don't know the whole story or people that don't know you well don't know the story as they see you get up here and lead worship and lead it well, that there's been a journey that you had to go through. Would you like to, to just share a little bit about the journey? Because I know you wanted children and we wanted more grandchildren a long time ago, but there's certainly a long wait. Yes, a long journey. But um, yeah, as you do, you get married and then the next step is having kids. And when that doesn't happen, you're like, oh, what's going on? So it took year after year, we tried for kids and, and nothing was happening. And um, yeah, it was a long time and a long process. And going through that is just like, as dad was saying, you start to question why. Um, why is this happening to me? I never, ever thought that I would ever not have kids or struggle having kids. It just didn't even cross your mind. 
And as many people sitting in here have been through that too, you just kind of, you start to think, ah, this is something in my journey that I didn't think would happen. And then it starts to impact your future and you think, oh, this is, this is a different future than what I thought. And um, yeah, it took uh, yeah, five years to try and have kids. And so we decided to go down the IVF journey, which wasn't an exciting journey and wasn't a journey we wanted to go down. But um, yeah, and it was a tough decision to go down that journey. Um, but yeah, five years later, we went down IVF journey, took three rounds of IVF, and we finally got our little boy at, um, yeah, three years ago. Um, and yeah, through that five years, was a long time and a long, a long journey with God and a long journey with waiting and praying and um, wondering what's happening and questioning God and and um, yeah, a lot of waiting. Yeah. So it's, it's, it's good to look back now and you think, yes, you, you've got what you've wanted and, and so beautiful and so wonderful. But to go back to that journey, along that journey, did you ever question God? Did you ever ask God, look, God, I'm serving you, I'm at the church, I'm um, worship pastor, creative pastor, I'm doing everything you want me to do, but God, you're not answering my prayer. How did that feel? Did you ever wonder in that and question God about what he's doing? Of course, every day. I mean, you would all feel the same in your journey. You're like, you get to a point where you, God, where you think, God, why? Why me? Um, haven't I done enough for you? Haven't I, um, haven't I given everything for you? But why am I going through this? Why, why is it me out of everyone? Um, but in that, in that journey, it's uh, different seasons. So there's seasons of asking, you know, God, why? Why me? Getting frustrated. Then there's seasons of um, getting angry at God, where you're like, Come on, God, why? And there's seasons of um, you know, running out of time, God, you know, I'm getting older. This doesn't really work when you get older. <laughs> it gets harder. Um, and there's seasons of feeling sad and emotional and just going through all those seasons and all those emotions and feelings um, and questions. Um, but the main thing is we did it with God. You know, we didn't do it without Him or, or, or go the opposite way. We went through that whole thing with God. And I think... Um, that made the difference and it was great to have someone to um, say and feel and go through the journey with and ask those questions. This is one question I've never asked you, but have you ever got an answer why you had to wait so long? Not in the journey, but it's always, isn't it funny that you never know why you're in the, going through the valley until you come out of the valley and you look back and you realise. Um, I realise now looking back that I wouldn't have been able to do things or serve God the way I did with kids. Because kids are hard, hey, kids take up time. <laughs> Would someone have told me this, please? <laughs> not, they're, Anna, not, or not, not your kids, yeah, your not kids my are perfect. <laughs> <laughs> but thanks, for, thanks for reminding us, Anna. <laughs> you, can't do every, you can't do everything you thought you, you could have done. So looking back, I couldn't have... Um, uh, served and, and, and led a young adults ministry um, while having kids and I uh, couldn't have done so much uh, 
God's timing is perfect and God's never late. And when you think he is running late, um, he's not. And when you think he hasn't showed up, he, he, he has and he will. Um, because you look back and realise it's perfect timing. You don't see it while you're in it, but you look back and realise it's perfect timing. And the other things are, um, I realised going through it was that God can use your situation to help so many other people, no matter what it is. Um, and through that five years of journey, waiting for God to, to bless me with, with a child, um, God brought me along so many other people who were trying, to, trying for kids and, and um, had the same uh, uh, infertile problems as me and all that kind of stuff. Um, and the amazing ability to journey with them and pray for them and pray that God would bless them. And I saw about four people in that five years, um, God bless them with a baby, um, with praying with them. And that is, that's even my chiropractor. <laughs> they were like, we're struggling. And I'm like, I know what that's like. I'm going to pray for you. And then a couple of months later, there's like, we're having a baby. And I'm like, yep, well, I prayed for you. <laughs> You're having a baby. Um, and a few people in, in the church right here, some of, some of you ladies have done the journey with you and God's blessed you guys with, with babies. And that's not, that's doing the journey without letting the storm weather your heart. And that was the one thing I wanted to keep first and foremost, is not get bitter, not get angry, not get jealous, because that's a yucky place to be. And in the waiting, you can do something amazing. You can pray, you can praise, and you can use what you're going through to help others. And to see God use you to pray and help others through that is just as amazing as getting it yourself. So. That is awesome, Anna. Thank you so much for, for sharing that. One last question was, I know there were many times that you got up here and led worship. I'd done that journey that week and I, I knew that was just uh, another week where you realised, yep, it wasn't going to happen. How did you manage to get up here and, and praise God and worship God? And it was an absolute sacrifice of praise because I know the last thing you wanted to do was to be on stage when you realised that God hadn't answered your prayer. How did you manage to push through and do that? Well, it's, well, my thing is worship and, and, and you know, you're either a prayer person, you're the worship person, you know, you, you connect with God with so many different ways that your know, mind was definitely worship and, and nothing is gonna stop me from worshiping God no matter where I stand or sit or in my car up here. I just, that's, um, how God got me through it was worshiping. And you know, some songs, especially um, one of the songs saying, uh, yes, I will lift you high in the lowest valleys. Yes, I will bless your name. Yes, I will sing for joy when my heart is heavy um, for all my days. Yes, I will. Um, and then the bridge of that song is I choose to praise, to glorify your name. You know, we don't praise and worship God just how we feel. We choose to praise and sometimes that's so hard and that's so difficult to do but we can still praise God sometimes it's you know I choose to praise you but sometimes it's I choose to praise you that takes a lot of work it takes a lot of guts it takes everything within you to choose to praise over your circumstance and that's um yeah that's what I did I just chose chose every time um, and in your waiting, why not praise? Why not worship? Because that 
helps you get through it even more. So you either sing a song or you sing a song. <laughs> and a few times I sang a song. <laughs> so I'm just, um, yeah, encourage you to every, every situation or every time you worship or, or press into God in a situation, it, it's not easy. It doesn't have to be easy. Worship is never meant to be just easy and, and um, you don't have to be in the right spot to worship. You can worship in any spot, in any feeling, in any circumstance. And it's pressing through and worshiping Him um, no matter what. So I think that's what got me through and why I got up here and worship because other people are going through worse than me and they're worshiping. So, you know. Yeah. And that's the strength of it all, Anna, is when we push through, when um, it's so hard and continue to worship. I know many Sunday mornings I stood there and I could see the tears coming down your eyes as you sang exactly that song and knew what the cost was to sing that song. And yet that said more to me than anything else because God was enough in the valley, not just the mountain. So thank you for doing that. Thank you so much. Thank you. It's always good, isn't it, to hear testimony. And I, I'm sure there's many testimonies from you that would say the same thing. But we've got to hear this because sometimes we look at other people who may be doing something in the church or serving in the church and think they've got it all together. They, aren't, they don't have the challenges that I have. But I want to say even people who step up to serve God, to honour God, they still have the challenges. Now, this is Habakkuk chapter 1. Let me read to you as he um, cries out to, to God. Now, just a little bit, bit of the backstory. He was a minor prophet 600 years ago before the birth of Christ. And a prophet usually speaks out to the people and he tells the people, if you don't do this, God is going to do this. You really need to step up. You need to trust to God. Otherwise, what's going to happen is God is going to come and judge you. But here in chapter one, rather than prophesying over the people, what's happening is Habakkuk is speaking to God on behalf of the people. And as he speaks to God, he's saying, God, where are you for these people? God, where are you? They are in a valley and we absolutely need you. And God's answer to them, to him was simply, I am going to raise up your enemies against you. Imagine the prophet as he wants to prophesy to his people hope in the midst of a valley and he hears from God that their very enemies are going to be raised up against them at this time. Listen to what he says, Habakkuk chapter 1. He says, How long, God, must I call for help? But you will not listen. Or cry out to you violence, but you will not save. Why do you make me look at injustice? Why do you tolerate wrongdoing? Destruction and violence are before me. There is strife and conflict abounding. Therefore, the law is paralysed and justice never prevails. The wicked hem in the righteous so that the justice is perverted. Habakkuk is not just speaking with God, but he's speaking to God on behalf of the people, questioning God. And you know, at times it's okay to question God, ask God the questions. 
If you're in a valley and you don't know what's happening, ask God the questions because God doesn't need to hide from the questions. He's got the answers. Whether He chooses to share the answer the way you want to hear it or not is completely a different thing. It's okay when you have those questions. It's one thing to walk with God on the mountaintop, but faithfulness is found when we walk with God in the valley. There's something about God that shines when we're in the valley and walking with God in the valley. You see, the the Christian journey usually starts with us in the valley, that our life is hurting, we need God, God touches my life, we become a a follower of Jesus and then we become a church goer and we go to church and church is just profound. Everything the preacher says is, is amazing, it's filling my heart. Every song that's sung, those words are just for me. The people I talk to, God sends those people, it's amazing. Even the coffee tastes better at church. But then after a while, We get used to the experience. We get used to going to church. So then we start to go to church just some of the Sundays. And on some of those Sundays, yeah, I didn't think the preacher hit it this Sunday. And the worship team, they'd only choose the right songs to sing. And those people that talk to me, I wish I could talk to just the nice people. And even the coffee, they could have done it better this week. Do you know what happens? When we get familiar with our walk with God, the work of the Spirit sometimes is hindered because we don't allow Him to touch us in the same way that we really need Him to touch us and transform us. Or something bad happens to us and we start to criticise one another. We start to question our journey because we've been pushed into a valley and we said, well, if God is like that and I'm in a valley, well, really, I don't like God. So what happens is we have a massive crisis of our belief. Are we gonna trust God in the valley or we're just going to trust God when we're on the mountain? We know that God is a God that can do the mountain all the time, but also as we read Scripture, we've got to understand that God doesn't always do the mountaintop, that God is great in valleys too. And that's His choice because after all, He is God and He knows best. best. As a dad, when my kids were little and they're trying to walk, I would just be behind them and just grab their hand because I'd make sure they wouldn't fall. Then they started to ride a bike. When they're riding a bike, I was just behind them because they went to fall off except the time, Anna, I'll let you land in the tree. Um, I would be behind them and I would just grab the bike and hold them up. When they got older and they started to drive cars, I'd be sitting there beside them, teaching them how to drive the car to make sure it was done properly. But I didn't follow Anna off the stage to make sure she didn't fall because she's a big girl now. I don't sit in a car to make sure she drives properly because she's matured now. And sometimes we forget, as we grow up as Christians with God, there's a maturity that He is developing in us that He wants us to use. And yes, He can answer every single prayer the way we want. He can do a miracle every day if we need to see it. He can give us every single car park that we're praying for because it's really busy. 
Well, it used to be until COVID hit. But, but now you don't have to pray, you just get it. But he doesn't do that because now we've grown up. We understand, God, you're amazing. There's nothing you can't do, but sometimes you want me to learn by going through the valley and trusting you. At any time, this crisis of faith can happen in our lives. And when a crisis of faith is happening, there's three things that come through Habakkuk that he tells us to do. And the first thing is to listen to God. In the crisis, don't just keep telling God what to do. Don't keep just speaking at God and saying, God, I need you to provide me with this. God, I just need another job. I need a healing. God, I need you to transform my workplace. God, I need another church. God, I need a better computer. Rather than just doing that, start to listen to God's answer beyond what you're asking. Because many times we're asking for this and God is saying you're in this valley because of this. And if you would just hear my voice in the valley, it will be amazing. I remember praying one time when I was going to do a missionary journey over in the Solomon Islands. And I said, God, I need a word. I need a word to take over there. And he took me to Jeremiah and he said, your heart is desperately sick and needs to be close with God. I didn't like that word. I didn't want that word, but that was the word for me. And I had to receive that. Sometimes when we're wanting an answer, we don't get the answer because it's not the answer we want. So listen to what God is saying to you. God is good even when He doesn't come up with what you need. And just because God is silent at times, it doesn't mean He's absent. God is never absent from you. He sees your journey. Just I as a dad at times, I had to step back from my children and I knew that this was not gonna work for them. But as a dad that wanted his kids to grow up, I had to step back and thought, they need to learn in the valley. And they learned those lessons amazingly. In the valley, if I had time, I'd have some great stories I could tell. Unfortunately, I don't have the time. When we move on from that, you listen to God, listen to God. When you hear God, write it down. I wanna encourage you to write it down because we can be at church today. God may say something to us today. It might be something profound. It might be something, yep, I'm in the the valley. I, I need to trust God. He says something to you. Yep, God was there. You get outside, you talk to people, you're on the way home, the kids have a fight, you get home and you're feeling flat and then you think, did God say anything to me? I wanna encourage you, when God says something profound, when God is saying something, write it down, go back and read it because I know in the deepest, darkest times in my life when I wrote stuff down, I'll go back and I see that God has spoken to my life and He always speaks hope and direction. We have a spiritual enemy, He wants, to rob the stuff that God tells you so it gets fuzzy after a while and you don't know what he's saying. Don't allow God to rob you. Write it down. And the third thing we need to do is simply wait. Waiting in the war, waiting in the faithfulness of God. If you're praying for someone, if you're praying for a child to come to faith, if you're praying for someone to come back to God, if you're praying for for God to transform a situation, they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. By waiting, it is amazing. The Living Bible um, 
says it this way. But the things I plan won't happen right away, but slowly, steadily and surely it will come to pass. As the appointed time, God will do his perfect will. And that perfect, that word perfect will is simply the unstoppable timing of God. If it's not God's time, you can't force it. If it is God's time, you can't stop it. That's our God. That's who He is. We don't control Him. He controls the universe and He manages it well. Just remember, God's delays are not God's denials. Just because you haven't seen it, it does not mean that God cannot do it. Though it linger, I will wait for it. The most important verse in Habakkuk is simply God says, they will get their justice. Trust me. The enemy tries to tell you there's no justice. In God, he will get his justice. Trust him. Trust him for that justice. Trust him for the answer. Even though he may not share it with you, why have I had to go through this? Why is this circumstance in my family? Why is this circumstance in my life? Trust him. The things I've prayed for for 40 years, the answer hasn't come. But man, I trust God because He's a God that I can trust. And the God of all the world shall always do what's right. It's called living by faith. If I got everything I wanted when I needed it and when I wanted it, I would need to know no faith. But if I've got to trust God, even though He doesn't answer the prayer the way I've prayed for these years, I still Trust Him. And Habakkuk was disturbed and confused. He was upset and he was angry, but he kept trusting God. Don't let your confusion, your anger, your frustration, as Anna said, don't let your heart become bitter because God hasn't given it to you. God is still there. God still loves you. You're a child, you're a son, you're a daughter of the incredible God. Just trust Him no matter what. It's in the trusting that faith rises up and something amazing happens. Six words he put together as we look at Habakkuk. He said, God is in his holy temple. God is still in control. This year, who would like to fast forward to next year? I don't even know if I wanna do that because I don't know what next year holds. But God, I want to tell you, 2022, God is still in His temple. God is still the God that took us through 2019, 2020, 21. And He's the God that will take us through 2022, 2023, and until He comes back again. Even though at times I don't get it, even though I don't see it, I'm going to lift my faith. Even when it's not the way I want it to be, I'm going to keep believing. When the choice I make each day is going to be faith above fear, I'm going to choose to raise my hands and worship Him in the midst of the valley. I'm going to choose to speak out that my God is able. I'm going to choose to say that even though I'm here, God is with me. And that is the most important thing, that God is with me right now, right here, right at this place. 
And there are times that we linger in valleys, but we won't create to stay in those valleys. God will take us through the valley and God will open up our hearts to show us all that He has for us. Habakkuk. It means not just wrestling and enduring. Habakkuk means to wrestle and embrace. Many of us wrestle when we don't get our own way and we endure it. But what happened with Habakkuk? He wrestled and he embraced what God had for him. Imagine him, the Babylonians who they hate, God was gonna raise them up and God was gonna bless them above his people and he was going to use them to teach them a lesson to grow them to be the people that he wanted them to be. Just imagine if God said that to you, I'm gonna use your enemy who just hurt you and I'm gonna bless him. Would you like that? To be honest, I wouldn't. But the beautiful thing, the amazing thing that Habakkuk managed to do was as he wrestled, he embraced God. Chapter one is simply saying, why don't you do what I want you to do, God? That's what he's crying out. Why don't you do what I want you to do to bless these people? He never got an answer. Chapter two, he said, I'm gonna wait then and I'm gonna pray, God. I'm not gonna let you go. I'm gonna keep praying, God, because I believe that you can do anything. I believe that. That's chapter two, I believe it. So chapter one, why not? Chapter two, I'm gonna wait. Chapter three, he never got his answer, but he said, God, I'm gonna rest. I'm gonna rest in you. I'm gonna give this to you and I'm gonna learn what it is to do life and to do it to its fullest and do it well and rest in you even though you haven't answered my prayer the way that I've asked you to. And these last verses, these last verses, as the worship team comes up, it's just amazing. He says, I heard and my heart pounded My lips quivered at the sound. Decay crept into my bones and my legs trembled. Yet I will wait patiently for the day of calamity to come on the nation that is invading us. He's saying, I'm fearful. I, I see what's happening. I see your blessing. There's nothing I can do about it. I don't like it. But I am going to wait patiently on you, God, until the point where I see that you take control and it's all is put back together. Even though God will use the Babylonians to do His work, even though Habakkuk doesn't want that, he's gonna wait patiently on God no matter what. And then he pens these last words, which is just amazing that we all know, simply just says, Though the fig tree does not blossom, there'll be no grapes on the vines. Though the olive crop fails and the field, they produce no food. Though there be no sheep in the pen, there's no cattle in the stores. Yet will I rejoice in the Lord. I will be joyful in the God, my Saviour. The sovereign Lord is my strength. He makes my feet like the feet of a deer. He enables me to tread on the heights. 
What he just said is, God hasn't answered my prayer. And for many of you here online, if I ask you to raise your hand, you say, God has not answered my prayer. But that doesn't mean you can't rise to the heights. You can't rise to the heights. You can rise to the heights like a deer to trust God, to say, God, in this, I'm not gonna step down, but I'm gonna step up. I'm gonna trust You. I'm gonna worship You. And maybe it's a sacrifice of worship, but I'm gonna worship You in the midst of the storm. And Lord, declare Your goodness. That God, there's been so many times that You've been good to me. So many times, God, throughout life that You have turned up for me. And because of that, I worship You and I lift Your Name and I praise You. Can we stand together, please? Lord, this morning, it's quite hard to comprehend that for all of us, there are prayers that haven't been answered. There is stuff that we want changed and nothing seems to be happening. But God, just like Habakkuk, we entrust this to You. Maybe we've been asking the wrong questions to get the wrong answers. But rather than questioning You this morning, God, we say we embrace You and we entrust this prayer and this circumstance into Your mighty hands and say that God, You're the God of more than enough, you've got it. You've got it, God, and that gives me peace. And in that, as I see you embrace this, I wanna rise to the heights and I wanna worship you. And just tell you, Lord, afresh, I love you. I love you above all this. You're more than just an answer to prayer. You're a God who's with me. I bless you, Lord and say thanks, amen.